I heard that with the blacks, it is not easy to kill us or attack us because of the weather condition that is in, in our area. It's if enough people don't care about content anymore and we just allow technology to run away and people can just manufacture what they want, that's when we will be in trouble. Somebody's trying to upload a video which is very clearly false. It's trying to say that there's a fight in Accra where we know that you know, this is a reverse, this is an engineered video that happened in Botswana six years ago. Very clearly, we won't let it pass. Fake news has created a big problem for traditional media. Lies, fabricated news is now in competition with truth. Welcome to our culture. This is Nico Tainikwe. This is episode 9. For today's episode, we will come explore the matter of fake news and the government's response. But first, several weeks have passed since the military officer shot and killed Eric Ufuchu, a resident of Ashamai. In the time since the killing, a police altercation also resulted in another death of a young man. You see yesterday the policeman, what he done is very unconscious. Because it's not easy to come and kill a man who supposed me, who, who give me food to eat. The policeman wanted to catch him. But the whole thing is like, you two are not going to stand there because you, you don't have anything inside your pocket. If you send it to the police station, it's going to be a long process, you get me? So me, after me, run. I will not agree for you to catch him. I will run. So he ran to the, the, that water side. The lagoon. You see? Then he entered there. The time I was there, I wanted to come and remove him from the lagoon. The policeman told me that if I enter there, he will shoot me. Till date, we don't know anything about the status of the investigation. The media attention move on to something else. I'm worried that the lack of sustained scrutiny for police and military violence they bring to sharp focus on a collective acquiescence to state-sanctioned violence. But as they talk right itself, the U.S. be on fire over the killing of George Floyd. Protests over the death of George Floyd, the black man who died in the custody of a white police officer, have continued in the city now for six days and six nights, and they have spread well beyond Minneapolis, right across the United States into dozens of cities and Canada and other countries around the world. Charlie, it'd be encouraging to see folks to show solidarity with one of sisters and brothers across the Atlantic, as in the fight to ensure that black lives matter everywhere. But I hope say wanna outrage they cause us to pause. So say we also go look at one local struggle against police and military brutality in Ghana. And more importantly, say we go also understand how wanna struggles and the struggles of wanna brothers and sisters across the Atlantic be interlinked. The fight against police brutality be global. For instance, in Ghana we deploy military to protect transnational mining companies and them are concessions. Often then they use coercive forms of control against the local population. For instance, a 2010 AP reports on the tensions between a local community and Anglo Gloda Shanti. It states, quote, Local landowners told investigators that attempts to protest the effects of gold mining have been met with violence by private and government security forces. 
Anthony Beidou, a farmer in Tebibri, was shot after a confrontation at a roadblock with military and company officers working for Anglo Gold Ashanti, a South African mining firm. A spokesman for Anglo Gold Ashanti said the gunshot was accidental and the company assumes no liability. Unquote. Charlie, as I talked before, security forces they broadly operate to secure social order. As Alex Vitali, they argue, quote, police have always functioned as a force for controlling those on the losing end of economic and political arrangements, quelling social upheavals that could no longer be managed by existing private, communal, and informal processes, unquote. I must add that folks are right for calling out the silence of our self-described resident Francophile president, Uncle Kufadu. He seems quick to commensurate with Western countries and their leaders. For instance, when the Notre Dame burned down in France, our president quickly tweeted, quote, The Ghanaian people and I are shocked, shocked by the news of the destruction of the great Parisian cathedral Notre Dame, one of the most iconic buildings of world civilization, and extend our heartfelt condolences to President Macron and to the French people on their great loss, unquote. Tellingly, his silence over the numerous incidents of police violence against black folks in the U.S. is loud. The very people he was deploying his Pan-African rhetoric of solidarity to encourage them to visit Ghana during the famous year of return. Of course, for him to spell out brutality elsewhere would mean condemning and importantly acknowledging brutality at home and actually doing something to address it. But thank goodness, he finally tweeted and posted something on social media today, June 1st, 2020. He said, quote, Black people, the world over are shocked and distraught by the killing of an unarmed black man, George Floyd, by a white police officer in the United States of America. It carried with it an all too painful familiarity, an ugly reminder. It cannot be right that in the 21st century, the United States, this great bastion of democracy, continues to grapple with the problem of systemic racism. On behalf of the people of Ghana, I express my deep condolences to the family and loved ones of the late George Floyd. We stand with our kids and kin in the America in these difficult and trying times, and we hope that the unfortunate, tragic death of George Floyd will inspire a lasting change in how America confronts head-on the problems of hate and racism. Unquote. Good speech, good speech. But let us also look at brutality at home. Let us seek out justice for Eric Fuchu. Let us seek out justice for all the other victims of police and military brutality and harassment. We must take these words and hold President Kufuado accountable. Justice must be served for our brothers and sisters at home as well. Together with the staggering amount of information produced daily, the proliferation of fake news is also becoming a great challenge. As such, fake news has come to dominate public discourse globally. Folks point out that fake news is not a new phenomenon. It's been around even before the invention of the printing press in 1439. In the world, the media is getting saturated with lots of hoax news stories, false claims, exaggerated headlines. Simply, fake news is spreading fast. In this pandemic, fake news is a new infodemic. But fearless journalists are joining are on the front line fighting fake news with a series of fact-checked, compelling news reports. 
Fake news, some argue, is fraudulent news that goes viral. Social media technologies have the unprecedented ability to circulate disinformation and fake news. Its many-to-many or peer-to-peer communication facilitates this process. Importantly, fake news can have detrimental consequences on social life. It can trigger fear and panic, as well as fuel prejudices like homophobia, xenophobia, and impact democratic processes like elections. In 2019, we've seen an increase in how people are using social media to, to, to spread fake news. Uh, it's very prevalent, uh, and it's coming even from the uh, cred- what we will ordinarily consider credible sources, like people in government, people heading media teams and campaign you know, ca- uh, campaign organizations. So when you have people, you know, media coordinator of a campaign or a media aide to the president him, uh, himself, you know, sharing this fake news, you know how prevalent it is, how uh, pervasive it is. In 2018, fake news circulated that President Kufuado initiated a process to legalize quote-unquote homosexuality. The presidency quickly issued a rebuttal, knowing full well that the political consequences this can have in a country with strong religious opposition to LGBTQ rights. This piece of news appeared during another round of debate about same-sex marriage legalization in Ghana. Solutions have been offered to address or combat fake news. Some say um, civil society organizations should engage in fact-checking, mainstream media outlets should be more vigilant, and social media platforms should do more to prevent fake news from going viral. And also, governments have also stepped in. Countries like Singapore, Germany, Malaysia, France, and Russia have passed laws making the creation and distribution of false information a crime. In 2018, Malaysia criminalized fake news. One could be fined up to 500,000 Malaysian ringgit or six years imprisonment or both. Well, the, the issue about 36,000 uh, Ghana cities final or custodial sentence for spreading fake news is the punishment. Some have asked whether it is deterrent enough or rather too harsh. Shouldn't you be looking at other alternatives in terms of punishment? Government measures like this raise some red flags concerning potential for overreach or abuse as well as stifling freedom of expression. To be sure... Fake news itself also undermines freedom of expression since it floods social media spaces and makes it harder for audiences to filter out what is false. An article from DW points out that fake news is difficult to define because it can connote very different things depending on who says it and under what context. News can be obviously outright false, but news content can also have a strong slant but not be entirely false. Mainstream media also share unverified information all the time. The article adds that satire, hoaxes, and jokes could all be considered fake news. They also note that the onion is often misread as real news. One thing to bear in mind is that powerful political actors often label things as fake news to admonish reporting that is unfavorable to them or their party. So how do we gauge accuracy and what actually works? With these concerns in mind, governments criminalizing fake news be great concern for freedom of expression. In Ghana, the Electronic Communication Act 2008 has sections making it an offense to circulate false news. Quote, a person who by means of electronic communication service knowingly sends a communication which is false or misleading and likely to prejudice the efficiency of life-saving service or to endanger the safety of any person, ship, aircraft, vessel or vehicle commits an offense and is liable on summary conviction to a fine of no more than 300 penalty units or to a term of imprisonment of no more than five years. Another point, a person 
A person is taking to know that a communication is false or misleading if that person did not take reasonable steps to find out whether the communication was false, misleading, reckless, or fraudulent. Unquote. Charlie, the implication of this for free expression is broad and the potential for arbitrary use and abuse is palpable. In the recent Imposition of Restriction Act passed this year, purportedly as a response to COVID-19, there are also concerns about freedom of expression. Some argue that this law was unnecessary since the Emergency Powers Act 1994 could have allowed the government to restrict movement. The Imposition of Restriction Act states, quote, The President may impose a restriction under subsection 1 of section 2 where the restriction is reasonably required for the purpose of safeguarding the people of Ghana against the teaching or propagation of a doctrine which exhibits or encourages disrespect for the nationhood of Ghana, the national symbols and emblems, or incites hatred against other members of the community. This is too broad and open for abuse, as anything the government of the day deems disrespectful to the nation, it applies to. But there are genuine concerns about poor media and digital literacy, and what that means for how people can distinguish between fraudulent news and legitimate reporting. In a telling episode, recently a man was prosecuted for spreading fake news. Bless Amen was also seen on the video inciting the public to Why? rise up because against national authority. The suspect admitted to recording and publishing the video but claimed that it was an act. Perhaps satire? We don't know. At the time, the media coverage of this incident was uncritical, and I asked journalists and independent media producers to be wary of this approach to fake news. This is unsurprising, though. A 2018 study of fake news that looked at 200 media outlets revealed, quote, an overwhelming number of newsrooms surveyed, that is 92%, were of the view that putting in place regulations and laws are the best way to dealing with fake news in Ghana, unquote. During a three-week lockdown, spin doctor Popon Krumah turned the Ministry of Information to a fact-checker, examining vile video of military brutality. Unsurprising, their fact-checking endeavor seemed to have mostly focused on the ones that were false. Using the specter of fake news, the government's public relations machinery watered down genuine concerns for police and military brutality and abuse. And they actually made more noise about fake news and going after people who originated the fake news. The fake news was actually old videos of abuse and some were uh, videos of abuse from other countries as well. But the thing is, knowing the history of our various governments and their suppression for expression and the history of abuse from security services, the implications for doing this are dangerous. As usual, we should be wary of the arbitrary enforcement of this rule and the definition of fake news because it's not as clear-cut as we think. The potential to target whistleblowers is also high. To address fake news, perhaps it's pertinent to understand that media and digital literacy are important tools. Writing on Medium, Susanna Nozzle of Pen America notes, quote, The best prescription against the epidemic of fake news is to inoculate consumers by building up the ability to defend themselves. 
By this they mean, quote, The fight against fake news will hinge not on inculcating trust in specific sources of authority, but on instilling skepticism, curiosity, and a sense of agency among consumers who are the best bulwark against the merchants of deceit, unquote. Music by Ayande.